Hail, hail. Good evening, folks, and welcome along to the Endless Celts podcast. This is the Monday night show. Um, Anthony going to be in the host chair tonight. And uh, tonight we're going to be looking back at our yet another impressive win against the Dons uh, at home this weekend. We'll also be paying tribute to our man of the match. It seems to be a regular concert at the moment, Rio Hitati. Uh, we'll be comparing Ange and Brendan, which side would come out on top when we touch on that and finishing off with looking at the future of the League Cup, both north and south of the border. And uh, to join, to go through all that and more, delighted to be joined by two show regulars, first of all. Uh, Ross, how you doing, mate? I'm not bad, mate. Uh, back on the Monday night, it's it, it was regular Friday, now it seems to be regular Monday. <laughs> uh, but aye, good to be back and talk about another big Celtic win. Absolutely, you're you'd like just like Jota or Maeda on the on the wings. It doesn't matter which side you'd need to be asked on. You just deliver uh, every time. <laughs> and, uh, of course, the man. Larry, I'll get you everywhere. <laughs> Absolutely, and uh, also another show regular. Earth Franny is in the house. <laughs> How you doing, mate? Aye, all good, all good. Just was rushing a bit a wee bit as for discussing off air, and that work was a bit of a nightmare. But we're here. We're here, and, we're here and you've got uh, a new retro top to add to your collection as well. No, uh, no, I nearly bought one, but I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't. I didn't think how I was going to justify it till incoming him for working on Monday morning, a Monday evening, mm. with a Celtic tap. Cup final week. You need to get. Uh, you need to get your head all the justification you'll need. And of course, Franny's going to be in charge of all the comments tonight as well. So welcome along, everybody. Um, we're delighted to have you here on the show. Get involved in the discussion, and uh, Franny will do as best they can to bring up all the comments on on screen as well. So evening, everybody. Uh, but Franny, there's only one place to start, really, and that's of course uh, Saturday. There was literally a point in the game where I actually thought that uh, I was we were going to be chatting about our favourite um, scoreline, a hassle-free <laughs> turnout, uh, as the second half was wearing on. But two late goals just made it uh, that little bit more convincing. But uh, as terms uh, as games against Aberdeen go, that was as hassle-free as you could hope to have. Uh, it was. Uh, it's arguably. It's up there with one of our best performances this season. I don't think there's many better, especially that first half. It was how it stayed 2 0. It was, was unbelievable, to be fair. And I think just we are known for, for starting quick and getting an early goal. And I think the goal after a minute, it just absolutely, not not saying there was any nerve, but it just Aberdeen obviously uh, <coughs> up at Patorji. Fairly well recently put up a, a stern test and it tends to kind of the last minute to get off off the mark. So it's always good to get that early goal, settles maybe anything that has maybe lingering in the crowd, any, any sort of nerves that might have been there. And I think it was 12 13 minutes when we got the second goal. So at that point, it was could it be any score? And like I say, just the first half, obviously, never picked out, it was just we never got that second goal, and then. Uh, that for goal, sorry, then into the second half, it was, I, I was looking like it was looking like the most hassle-free two 0 you'll ever see, and then just the depth of the squad showed, and guys just put it put it on again. Hatati just was ridiculous. <laughs> it really was. Of course, we're going to uh, touch on uh, Rio in a bit more detail uh, very soon, Ross. But your your own thoughts on on the performance, mate? You were certainly waxing lyrical enough about it in the group chat, and. Uh, yeah, it's just another three points from another from a relentless Celtic side. Absolutely, um, I agree with Franny there. I, I felt uh, well, certainly the first half an hour, I would say that's as as good as we've been all season. Uh, Ab- well, there you go. Eh? Um, Aberdeen <laughs> just couldn't. Like <laughs> Aberdeen just couldn't love us. Um, I thought. Certainly the first half hour, like I was saying, I thought Maeda and Jota on either side. And at one point they swapped. I thought they were absolutely phenomenal, the both of them. Uh, they were just a thorn in Aberdeen's side. And then, obviously, Rio Hitati, who was man of the match, he came, into, he came more into the game uh, and was just picking up wee pockets of space in the edge of the box. That's where he got his first goal. Uh, and even... He sort of got his second goal in similar vein. I'm sure we'll touch on the goals, but I, I thought the 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 whole team performance was absolutely outstanding eh, if you start to finish. And 
I mean, testament to it was, uh, I think it was Andrew Shinney had came out and said after the game that that's, well, he's played against the Rodgers team and stuff like that. And he said that's the best Celtic team he's faced. And I mean, people have their, their own thoughts. I, I don't think, he, I, I find it hard to argue with that. Uh, I think right now Celtic are playing absolutely outstanding football and they're they're going to be very, very hard to stop. I know we've got a cup final and it'll be a very difficult game, but if we turn up and play like we did in that first half on Saturday, I, I don't see us having many, many problems on Sunday. I thought we were outstanding in that first half. And in the second half, by the way, it was 2-0 at half time. I thought the second half we sort of took the foot off the gas a wee bit. Uh, we weren't going through the motions by any stretch, but we took the foot off the gas, sort of conserving energy, uh, way one eye, maybe maybe not one eye on the final, but looking ahead to that, if you like. Uh, but again, it's the, the, the squad. Uh, so we're, we're sort of took the foot off the gas, but then Haksabanovic comes on, Abada comes on, and again, that they they just elevate the team. These guys are wanting to make an impression, and then that's when we get our, our two later goals. And it, it's just testament to the, the the squad as a whole right now. When we do, I say tail off. I'm trying to think of a better term, but because we didn't tail off, but again, you get aye, aye, mm-hmm. But then you get that left with guys trying to prove themselves. And Hacks, I thought Hacks Banovic came on. He's absolutely excellent. Again, we talked about uh, on the podcast. I think it was a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> he's he's bang on. Uh, I we talked about uh, on the podcast a couple of weeks ago about uh, Haksabanovic coming on and like what's his sort of role going to be in the squad going forward. It's very difficult for him to get into the team, but he's coming into the team and he that, the bit of play for him to set up a badder's goal. I thought was absolutely outstanding. The, the skill, the pass in, but before that, the work rate and the strength to win the ball back high up the park was brilliant. I, I just absolutely love this Celtic team right now. Yeah, yeah. Likewise, you'll not be surprised to know. And uh, Finny, just in touch, I'll, we'll go through perhaps a bit more of the game uh, in a little bit, but just the fact that, that Ross has brought it up in his, his intro there about you know what, what Shinny said about... Um, the two sides, you know, like, as Ross says, he was a mainstay in that Aberdeen side when Brendan Rodgers' Celtic was, you know, taking all before them. Um, you know, they still obviously hold the, the only side to have won an invincible treble. They obviously hold all the records as well, 106 goals, 106 points in that campaign. Those numbers are possibly, obviously we won't go the season unbeaten, but the points total is definitely still up for grabs. Um, we spoke about it in the group chat earlier today about you know the two sides and of course we've been spoiled in the last few years the fact that we've been able to, to witness them both um, and I've sort of made the comparison that it's maybe it's slightly you know obviously maybe not quite to that that level but I've kind of felt Brendan's teams were a bit more a bit more calculating tried to draw the, draw the op- make the opposition make more mistakes if that makes sense um, a bit more kind of clinical in the terms that kind of Pep Guardiola's Manchester City side is, whereas I find that, and Ross was bang on as well, it's not that um, this current Celtic side lack any kind of tactical knowledge, it's just, it's more pleasing on the eye in terms of the pace of it, and the fact that, you know, we kind of use the, the term, it's like Jurgen Klopp's kind of high-press, kind of heavy metal sort of football. Mm-hmm. Like you say, it's, it's very hard to to sort of break between the two at the moment. But we did sort of make the point that were we to win, uh, and you, you know, you don't want to use the T word at the moment because especially <laughs> the cup final right on the horizon, but <laughs> were we to do such a thing with the fact that Rangers are, a, are definitely a, a better side than, than the, the, the version of them that was around in 2016-17, it definitely would put that, that marker in, in Angie's column. I, I, it certainly would give you the argument to to put forward that Angie's team being better than Rogers, or it certainly it's, it comes more a discussion point than uh, who who's better and stuff. Because I obviously the calibre 
Rangers is better now. I would argue maybe Hearts is probably better now as well compared to what maybe Rogers was up against. Um, so Ancha is coming up against maybe better teams domestically. Rogers, I think, obviously had better calibre, not in every position, but some of his players like your Dembele's, your Sinclair's and that are, and then obviously inherited Tierney and that are really top calibre players. I think even though the opposition wasn't as great, I think still to go a full domestic season undefeated as as some achievement, regardless of the opposition you're against, because it we're obviously running away with the league. It would be easy to kind of have an off day in the league and accept that and just bat it off and just you maybe get that wee stupid defeat at like a Saint Mirren or a Ross County away away from home and that and so I think now for me, Brendan Rogers' team it's probably better than, like, obviously not to watch on on that. I totally agree with you. So I would rather I would pay money. If it's who paying money against them, paying money to watch an Ange team every day of the week. Um, Rogers about like tactically, Rogers is he's up there, but sometimes it felt like he was passing for passing sake, just to to have more passes, more possession. Whereas we get a lot of possession under Ange, but it's because we're winning the ball high, back high up. We we just dominate teams. It's not we're keeping the ball for the sake of keeping the ball and uh, it's it's just it's I don't know how to describe like guys like Shannon that's comments it's I wouldn't say it's as nice but it's I'm embarrassed I, I, I almost smug a wee bit about it because obviously we know like we're sat, we sit week in week out waxing lyrical about them but it's I think it's maybe just like a wee smugness you're going to look at everybody's noticing this you're no Nobody's saying it about the other team across the city and that it's so there's a wee bit of smugness in it. And apart from David Martin, do one minute he's Celtic are <laughs> the best team in, in Scottish football, then the next thing it's Michael Beale's done a brilliant job. And I suppose on paper all his results you can't argue with them. So but David <clears> Martindale, I think, because he's checkered past, I think he's got to be careful what he says in the media. So folk didn't start digging for him. But uh, it's just I feel a wee bit smug when you get like Pros, current professionals coming out and saying how impressed they are about with Celtic, and that is testament to Ange in the current crop when you consider what Brendan guys like Brendan Rodgers done. Uh, absolutely, the fact that there's even the debate to be had just shows um, how well Ange has done. Ross, do, do you know I was just sort of thinking there? Maybe again, one of the things that would maybe tip the the the, the manner of the debate in Ange's favour, I would say as well, is the fact that. There's no denying what Brendan, like, you know, the whole club was transformed when Brendan um, came in in terms of, he sort of elevated players, he made players that were already at the club better. You know, your Stuart Armstrongs, your James Forrest, Scott, we got the best out of Scott Brown, etc, etc. But I think a lot of the foundations had already been put in place um, by Ronnie Dyler, you know, the kind of athlete, 24-hour athlete, first culture and all that. A lot of the players under, when it was Ronnie, didn't really buy into it. But the players that did um, came on leaps and bounds under Brendan. There's, and you, he's got to take great credit for that. But I would say that in terms of the level of the, the, the actual rebuild of the club, um, I think Ange had a, perhaps a tougher job on his hands than what Brendan had in that respect. Obviously, he, he, was, he was back you know, reasonably well. He brought in the likes of Dembele. He added you know, quality to the team, Dembele, Sinclair, etc. But I think there was a more of a spine of the team um, there when Brendan came in as compared to, to what Ange inherited uh, with the mess um, when, he, when he came in in the summer of 21? Oh, it certainly was, aye. Uh, uh, Ange has had probably the biggest rebuild that I can remember. Uh, I can't think uh, a manager coming in and has been in more disarray. But in terms of... I mean, it's difficult to say who's... who's be, uh, I prefer watching Angie's team. I think most would agree with that. Um, I think right now, Celtic have scored more goals than... I think it's something like they've scored more goals at this stage than they have in each of the last something like 16 seasons or something at the end of the season. So At the end of the season? Aye, right. right. They've scored more. <laughs> Celtic have scored more goals at this stage of this season than mm-hmm. any in team has scored in a full season, wow. and each of the last uh, something like thirteen or sixteen seasons, something like that. But 
I think if, if Celtic keep going the way they're going, they can obviously surpass the points tally that the Rodgers team uh, accumulated in the Invincible season. Now, if, just for talking sake, if Celtic were to go the rest of the season and surpass that Rodgers one, although they've not went unbeaten, they've accumulated more points and they've, they've obviously had less draws, you would have to say. It's, you, you could make an argument that that's a better league campaign than going invincible. I know, like Franny said, it doesn't matter who you're playing, going invincible is an unbelievable achievement at any level of football. But I don't know. If Celtic go and do the T word that we don't want to say <laughs> uh, this season, then for me, I think if they were to go and do that against the level of Rangers team that Angie's facing compared to the one Rodgers is facing, I think if they were to do that, it would put it beyond reasonable doubt that Angie's team is better. I would say Angie's team is better without a doubt if they were to go and do a T. But, I mean, time will tell. We've got a big game Sunday and you don't want to get too far ahead of yourselves. Yeah. I, I, I done it earlier in the season. I, I brought up, when I was hosting, I brought up a wee uh, thing about us going unbeaten in the league. And <laughs> I Two weeks later or the next game, we lost to St Martin. So I'm not going down that road again. <laughs> we are standing back for that precipice, shall we say. Um, but listen, it's, it's a great debate that we're, we're, we're very spoiled in the fact that we're able to have it. And uh, for anyone that's listening in that maybe um, are more on Brendan's side still uh, than Angie's, that, that, that's absolutely not a hate on Brendan's side. You know, they were, they were a magnificent side and they created unbelievable amounts of history and broke unbelievable amounts of records as well so uh, you know that, that that team are well and truly in the, in the in the history books in the Hall of Fame at Celtic but uh, sort of back lost to our host. Uh, no, he's are we right. back on? Aye, aye, aye. 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 It, froze on. it froze here aye. Aye. So uh, the joys of technology but, uh, <laughs> You sort of getting back to uh, the sort of match from from Saturday, uh, Franny, and there's one, as I say, great performance by the whole team. But there was one player that stood out head and shoulders yet again, and it's uh, a man from Japan, uh, Mr. Rio Hitati. Just two fantastic goals, but that's just one, you know, that's just the tip of the iceberg and his overall performance. He was absolutely outstanding yet again. It seems to be, for me anyway, at this moment in time, he's an absolute shoe in for Player of the Year. I think if he if he continues this form, there can only be one one winner for that award. And I mean, Greg Taylor could probably, if he continues his form, could consider himself really unlucky for that because he's had a good season, a really good season last season. And if he continues the way he is, he'll have had a good, great season this season. And has he got it to then go another level? But Atat is like having having Callum McGregor are absolutely pivotal to how how we want to play there now. And McGregor kind of just showed that we has got great strike to open up the scoring and stuff, just to an advantage. He sort of for the the break, wasn't really a break of ball. It was just the ball kind of got half cleared and he just caught it nice. But I, Hatati as well. It's just sometimes when he's, it can be, sometimes Hatati. I think it's probably down to the the fact that he's he hasn't like a perfect been a professional for like three four seasons. I think he's not really been playing pro football for that long. But sometimes I think. It can look not terrible, but look poor. It's easy easy for him to have a bad game because it does the wee drop of the shoulder. Ross loves it, and there's times when he does it a lot, and it's never on, and he loses the ball. I think I can't remember the last game, but I can remember me and Ross watching a game and he dropped the shoulder so many times, and somebody kept on nicking the ball off him and that. But when it does come off, it's absolutely brilliant. He's he's got a great knack, a absolutely doing a defender without actually touching the ball. And it showed for his first goal, he just a couple of drops of the shoulder, we we shim and then he just takes a wee touch to the side and, and pops it in the bottom corner. And then his second one, it was he kinda went into like a fifty fifty. Maybe it was with two Aberdeen boys, it's maybe no much a fifty fifty, but he wins it well. We drag back then Megs a guy and just plays it on and instead of just admiring what he's just done, he's went found his way towards the box to maybe pick up in any scraps 
and again the ball kind of just breaks down and it, it crashes in. But uh, the guy is coming in like I think for the last sort of five six weeks, Celtic's kind of just been bolding and bolding, bolding. Not necessarily playing through games, but doing enough. Not I think yesterday, even the St. Mirren game, we were one five one. I don't think we'll relent relentless for the ninety minutes. It didn't feel like a five one game, whereas Saturday there. It felt like it should have been a lot more informed. Now we just kept on going and going. It was almost like the players were like, right, we know we've got a big game coming up. Um, so we're just, everybody just was on it in Hatati. I know sometimes form goes out the window at these games, but when you look at your team, you've got to be confident going into, going into Sunday and stuff. And the way Hatati couldn't be playing, for me, couldn't be playing any better going into, going into this game on Sunday. He's... Uh... I think, to put it uh, mildly, Ross, he certainly staked a claim for a cup final uh, starting place. <laughs> um, your own thoughts on our, our man from Japan and, you know, have you got any more lyrical to wax about him? Oh, I mean, Franny's covered a lot of it there. Um, he's, he's absolutely outstanding. I mean, Willie, he, Willie's like a super fan. I absolutely love <laughs> it. Willie just... He, he just absolutely adores him. But, I mean, I totally get why. He's just on the move all the time. His work rate is just what you need right in that, the heart of your midfield. He's box to box. He's The biggest compliment I can pay him is he's as close to Stan Petrov that we've had since, since he was at the club. I think... He brings everything that Petrov brought to the, the game. He, he gets up and down the park. He's good in the tackle. He, see, he sees a pass. He's got a great touch. He scores goals, as he's shown. Uh, I think he's up to about maybe seven or eight or nine for the season now, which is no bad. You'd be expecting him to get into double figures. But I think himself, himself and the team are doing what Ange is looking for. And that is, they're getting better and better all the time. And at this stage of the season, he, he wants them to be like at their up, utmost best. And it's <laughs> getting hell. Guy, <laughs> 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 yeah, he's he's wanting them to be at their top level at the back end of the season. And I think it's starting to really come together for Celtic. I mean, obviously. Like Franny touched on the St Mirren game there. It wasn't a 5-1 game. It wasn't. They, they didn't play as well as what they played on Saturday. But every single game is just the same. They control the game from start to finish. The, the opposing team has hardly got a chance. They're, they're fit to come out. They try and come out. And Celtic's work rate is so good that I, I don't even think... That, I think Celtic make the teams they're playing, certainly in Scotland, they make them look worse than what they actually are because their work rate is so good. And you look at um, CCV and Starfelt, right? You look at their, their record as a partnership and it is amazing. But I don't think they have as good a record if Celtic don't play the way they, they do it as a unit in terms of Haksabanovic epitomised it like I said in terms of their work rate as soon as they lose the ball to get it back it's absolutely phenomenal and more often than not they're winning the ball back in the opposition's half the opposition can't get out we just absolutely suffocate them and it's it's, it's just every single player that Ange has signed Hitati um, Maeda all these guys they all are built on First and foremost, that work rate, that non-stop on the pitch. You got guys, obviously Aaron Moy, he's maybe doesn't work. He probably does work as hard as the other guys. It maybe just doesn't look like it because he's style. But the whole team is just, it's it's not like they're all running about like heedless chickens. They all press at the one time. They all know when to go. They all know when to stay. More often than not, they get that right. And when they do... Teams, like I say, they just cannot get out. And it's <laughs> I absolutely, I, I'll say it again, I absolutely love watching this team. I love watching Hitati. I love watching Maeda. I love watching Jota. We are so blessed right now 
to have the players. And by the way, maybe two years time, like these guys, two or three years time, like these guys will not be here. But right now they are, and what a team we are witnessing. Honestly, it is fantastic. Didn't agree more, mate. And it's uh, yeah. Here's just hoping this uh, rich being a form continues for all of them. And uh, I'm coming straight back to you, Ross, because um, one of the other players who uh, featured on Saturday's first start uh, for the club was uh, O up front. He was uh, Kyogo was deemed match fit by by Ange on the Friday night, um, but like we kind of predicted, he was kept on the bench to start with, and O um, made his first start. Didn't get on the score sheet uh, this time, but for me. He looked very impressive again. He's, you know, we used to say Yakimakis was something completely different to Kyogo. I think uh, O is something completely different to Yakimakis, and that, I mean that in a good way um, as well. I think he, he has that physicality. I think he's maybe a bit more technically gifted, um, but he definitely, for me anyway, looks a bit of a live one. Absolutely. I thought he'd, without obviously getting his goal, Thought he had a really good game. He was very effective in terms of he was picking the ball up, he's back to goal, holding the ball in, linking up the play really well. Um, it sticks. It sticks when he gets it. When it comes into feet, it sticks, and that's what you want. Uh, you see him. He makes good runs. Even he, he was unlucky. I think it was the first half. I think it was maybe Jota played one right across, and he made a really good run. He was a whisker away if he gets his toe on it. If he gets his toe on it, it just caps off a really good performance. He's not going to, obviously, I'm stating the obvious, but he's not going to come in and be the first choice right now. But, like you say, he's a he's a different option for Kyogo, which you want. And he brings some of the same qualities that Jakimakis did. I think, given time, he'll start scoring a lot more goals. He's not going to, I don't think he's, at the moment, anyway, certainly no as prolific a finisher as Jack and Marcus. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't sit here and say that he's a, a better player than Jack and Marcus right now. Absolutely no way. But certainly, in terms, uh, you look at Jack and Marcus and the, the, how much we loved him. I don't think as as good a player as he he is. I don't think the Celtic team is missing him right now. And that's the biggest compliment you could possibly pay to O and the Celtic team. That you take a guy of that quality out, and I know he wasn't playing every week, but he was coming on and he was getting his goal and stuff like that. But you're no, you're no watching a game and going, "Oh, this game's screaming out for Jack and Marcus." We could have been Daniel coming on. Not once have I felt that, and it's no slant. The guy I thought he'd done amazing, but I'm not like pining for him or missing him like I expected I would be. Well, you're absolutely buying. I mean, we spoke about that on the, the transfer deadline show about you know it was stronger or weaker um, coming out the back end of the window, and I think you, exact same for all. I think you can give the exact same praise I think to Alistair Johnson as well. The fact that you know a World Cup bronze medalist, um, we're, we're not missing uh, Juranovic really at right back either. Um, Johnson looks like he's been playing there uh, for years. Uh, what about yourself, Franny? Your own thoughts on our our new striker? Um, do you think there's even perhaps an outside chance he could start on Sunday, or do you think natural order will resume and, and Kyogo will be leading the line? I think Kyogo will be leading the line on in, in Sunday. I think the fact that he got a good run out as well was was kind of highlighting that. It was just making sure he got, kept the legs fresh and stuff. And not to totally criticise O, I, I would be more... <laughs> I'd be more at ease with Kyogo up front than than O right now. Just on what I've seen, O like not. I thought he's been been good enough. Like you've said, it's it has it's it's hard to say he's kind of covering for Gigi, and you're not going to miss him. He's only he's just in the door. It's not fair in the guy to be fair to, to say that. But what I, what I have seen, I have I think he is going to be a good player. Potentially have a better. Impact, maybe not necessarily goals wise, but for the team than what Jack Marcus did in the sense that you can see, I, I think he is technically better on the ball than what Jack Marcus was. But Jack Marcus's first touch generally was a goal, so it didn't matter how technical the guy was, in all fairness to him. Um, but so 
he did link up the play well. You see, he never never seemed to hide for the game. He, he liked. He always seemed to like to be touched tight a lot, which I don't know if he likes that wee roll, like take it in and roll the defender like he done with Considine and stuff. Um, his link up play was good. He, he's he's quite pacey, and, and maybe that's what what Ange wanted in Jackamacus. Not got to sit and say Jackamacus didn't didn't close down, but he, he did. But maybe there's only especially at Jackamacus's age, you can't really make. Guys, you can make them faster in their mind and they'll maybe know where to be. Like John Terry was never the fastest, but he never really seemed to get beat for pace and things like that. Whereas I think now we we are striker, it's maybe a wee bit different to do the press. You maybe need a wee bit of pace, and maybe that's what what O's going to go to get. Because right now I don't see much more. The apart, it's, as I say, I don't don't know how clinical he's got to be, but he's got the physicality. He's got a better touch, I think, and. And things like that than Jack Marcus, but maybe just fits the team better with that that press. But I think he can be happy with how he's performed since he came in. I think the fans are content right now with him, and it, it it's just fortunate that Kyle goes absolutely flying now as well. So there's not a desperate. I suppose there is a desperate need in a sense for him to to really hit the ground running. You always just in case he needs called upon, but it's similar like I said. School, like your awards and things like that. It's in Kobayashi, there's not a desperate need for the guys to really hit the ground running like we needed Maeda, Hatati, or Riley and things like that last season. I think yeah. that. Oh, oh, sorry, no, uh, sorry, oh, no, no, obviously, we don't want to go too much into Sunday because we'll take away for the guys on Friday. But I, I think, like, say, if like Kyle goes going to start, absolutely no doubt about it. But if for some reason he couldn't start, I'd be quite comfortable with O starting and what I've seen him, and I think that's probably the, 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 the biggest compliment you could give him. I would, I would be quite happy. Well, I would be upset that Kyogo wasn't he starting, but in terms of what I've seen when Jack and Marcus started, you don't like to compare the two of them. It's it's no fair on O, but you can't help but do it. But Jack and Marcus, he was more physical, and I think Celtic got more joy against Rangers with him up top than Kyogo. So. I'm not saying it would work out exactly like that, but again, oh, is that more physical presence? It would maybe occupy, like say, Goldson a bit more. Um, so obviously you want Kyle go to start, but again, I would be absolutely comfortable if O had to start. I totally agree with you, mate. I think, um, as I say, I think we're all... 99.9% that Kyle go start, but whether, whether, if O was to, to play, I certainly wouldn't be... Uh, wouldn't be frightened at all. I think he, he looks a real a real find, and I think he's going to be he's going to do just fine in this Celtic side. And his contribution certainly under my standing ovation uh, when he was replaced um, during the game, but for Kyogo coming on, and uh, with that seamless transition, Ross um, standing <laughs> is something that potentially a I'm certain section that. of the stadium could be doing a lot more if. Uh, a lot of supporters uh, or some of the supporters groups get their way. Um, for anyone that's not seen it, um, there is a sort of group of supporters that have started a campaign uh, to have the old traditional Celtic end uh, when, when it was the old stadium. Anyone that knows the, the, the West Stand, which is now the Jock Steen Stand, was the traditional Celtic end of Parkhead. Um, on Derby Day, the East Stand, which is the Lisbon Lions Stand, was traditionally where the the Rangers support used to congregate. Um, these supporters um, have sort of proposed to extend the, the standing section or, or certainly even move it from the northeast um, curve to behind the Jockstein stand. I would say initially the lower section, um, but initially the full stand uh, was to be completely um, real seated. The, the, the sort of the promotional video says it's... The, it's kind of to try and replicate Dortmund's yellow wall or Liverpool's cop uh, for the you know the, the big European nights. Of course, it'd be a massive logistical operation, if nothing else. Um, but what's your sort of initial sort of thoughts on it? And is it something you could ever see coming to fruition? Um, well, first of all, in terms of if they wanted to make it like the yellow wall, stuff like that at the, um, what do you call it, Dortmund. Mm-hmm. I think it, it would be 
certainly visually and in terms of the atmosphere, it would be quite good. But like you say, logistically, it's it's there's a lot of variables to consider for the club to consider, campaign or not. Do you know what I mean? It's I don't know. I'm I'm no a fanboy or a an advocate of that fan base by any stretch, but they sort of look at their sales. They're no into elitism and stuff like that. And this is the irony in this proposal. That is quite startling, to be frank. Um, you look at it if if they're going to move over to there, right? They're looking at that, and there's people that have sat in their seats in that stand for 25 years plus, right? Families, mums, dads, dads before that, kids, all sitting in these seats, and they're just saying that you guys are no as important as us because we bring an atmosphere, right? So they want to... It's like, sort of an example would be like, this group of fans that want to move into there, right? Now, it's hypothetical. I know they don't, right? But if they all lived in the, the same street, right, <clears throat> and they'd lived in the, the, each of their houses all their life, their dad's lived in that house, their dad's dad, their dad's dad, dad, all lived in that house, and the house got handed through them, right? And then, I don't know, a big corporate company like Tesco, just for talking sake, said to these guys, right, we're going to buy these out, these are moving out the house, and we're going to take over this and build a big, massive Tesco. They'd be like, no, this is our house. We're not moving out. Mm-hmm. Like, how dare you? Who do you think you are? You're bigger than us because you've got money. I'm not saying they've got money, but I think it's similar to that in, in the sense that they're basically saying, we'll just move into there, and everybody that's sat there all their life, some folk, will need to move to another bit of the stadium because we are better and we bring an atmosphere. It's wrong for me and it's total disregard to your average fan. And by the way, they're average fans as well for me. They, they think that they're better, but they're no, they're no happy with all the, the access and stuff they get to the club. They now, for me, Celtic fans brought an atmosphere before them. And if they weren't there, they would bring an atmosphere again. But it's at the stage now where other fans can't start songs. It's got to be them. I just think, again, I'll say it in the, in the thing with fairness, it, it would be visual, visually really good and it probably would add to the atmosphere. Certainly in European nights, it would be great. It would, it, it would, it would, it would look really good. But you can't just disregard people who have sat in that stand other days. It's just wrong. Yeah, I, I, I can't really argue with any, any of that. To be honest, <laughs> Manny, the, 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 that's the thing. I mean, don't like you know. I, I go to the games every week. And there's no doubt. I mean, I used to sit in one 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 when the, the stadium was first, you know, you know, rebuilt. That's where um, mine and my dad's seats always were up until 2016, when the real seating was introduced, and my dad was just he, he wasn't really for. My dad's not a big fan of standing at games the best of times, and he says, you know, he didn't mind the, the sort of madness as it, as it were on, you know, dabs or whatever, but, you know, he says, you know, when, when it's a Wednesday night against St Johnston, there's only so many times you can listen to Broad Black Brimmer being sung by 15-year-olds, you know, and, and he was like, sometimes you kind of just want to sit and watch the game, do you, do you know what I mean? Um, so we moved and it's, you know, we've got absolutely amazing seats now and there's no denying what Ross is saying, you know, the, the, the North Curve, as it's called, certainly does bring atmosphere. There's a sort of splint-off group um, over our side of the ground now in the southwest that call themselves uh, the boys. Um, and th- there's, there's been a rise of this sort of culture. Um, you know, it's more, more famous, I would say, in, in Italian football. Um, I just think it's just for me, I, 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 as Ross says, visually, it can be impressive. And... <clears throat> You know, there's I don't have any issues necessarily with certain songs or that being sung, but then again, there's are, are some songs that you just think these guys need to you know cut that out. I mean, Roman and the Gloaming especially 
um, and some of the add-ons on that um, need to go. If, if people that sing that song think there'd be a better world without Protestants, I certainly think they should maybe read up on Celtic's history. Um, but for me, and we've seen it again, I don't, I don't know if I said this to you guys on uh, on Saturday, but there was a lot of hold-up, um, more than usual, getting into the ground because the police had to escort these boys, as, as they call themselves, who were all dressed up in black hoodies with the, the scarves right across um, you know, thinking that they were, you know, the latest batch of anti-EFA or whatever they call themselves, and I just think that they they look. I think to an outsider would look quite visually intimidating. I think it's something that Celtic as a club never needs, and a lot of the I've heard a lot of the arguments the other way going. Oh, they're just doing this is just the culture now. This is what um, all supporters groups do. I've always thought that we prided ourselves on doing things a bit different. And I would argue a bit better. Celtic, you know, you look at there's there's no Green Brigade or boys or ultras in that Seville. Um, any of the panoramic views of the Seville crowd and places like that. Um, we've always kind of had a a sort of different sort of vibe. I, I would say quite a, a more socially welcoming uh, kind of vibe, a more liberal outlook. I I, I just think, like Ross says, this is, seems a very much a case of this is what we want to do and, and to hell with the rest. I, I mean, I I like the idea. Of it. I think it would be, but it'd be kind of getting sold on creating our own yellow wall. Thinking, mm-hmm. get a bunch of standing seat, get a bunch of folks standing, and we'll hear what Bruce Dortmund have got. I don't know how long it takes Bruce Dortmund to kind of get that uh, sort of atmosphere at that stand. Get how how long it takes logistically to even get the stand in that in that position. Um, but as I say, I, I like the idea behind it. I, I would I would love to see it, but it's not as simple as for me it's not as simple as just saying putting out a wee petition or right, uh, or everybody wants it, right. But who's paying for it then? Because as much as a Green Brigade maybe saying, Oh look, Celtic fan base want it, is a Celtic fan base then going to say, Right, well we'll we'll pay all all the outgoings needed to, to do that because it's not Celtic bringing this proposal forward. Um, so financially, it's you've got to think about it. I suppose you would then recoup that maybe back in season ten because I think the standing area allowed the way it obviously would work is it maybe increases the, the the capacity a wee bit. So you might start recouping that money a wee bit quicker with the season tickets. And uh, I don't know if the season tickets are a wee bit more, might be a wee bit more expensive in that area. They might just try doing something like that but I do I do like the idea of it like I, like I love standing at the football but you kind of just think about yourself at football if you start standing the next person starts standing the next person there could be guys that, that couldn't stand and uh, there used to be an old boy that sat next to me and Ross and there was no way he could have stood for the full 90 absolutely no chance so and to then not that it would have affected me and Ross at, at that time because it's at the other end of the stadium but it's not fair, like you were saying, it's not fair guys that have had their season ticket for countless years to then say, look, well, we now want to move you. Guys maybe find a, a certain way to get into there. They've, they've made friends around that area and uh, it just, it might it might put them off renewing a season ticket if they're getting moved to the absolute opposite end of the stadium. They might not know anybody around about them. Now, if they can maybe, Celtic can say, oh, well, We'll guarantee the folk run about you'll be run about you. It might make that transition a wee bit easier for the guys, but I don't think you can guarantee that because there'll be season tickets in that part of the stadium. It's not it's not going to be as easy as just to up five guys and say, right, well, there's five seats together. It's what's the knock-on effect of that and then moving guys for that seat to there to, you've got to have to you're not going to be able to probably get your pick. There could be families of four, five, six folk that have all got managed to get season tickets all together uh, and I, I hear more, like I know it's no their seat Monty but you're paying for, you're paying for it uh, season on season it's folk refer to it as their seat I, I get that it is yours uh, you're buying it it's your seat like I think that was aye, sorry for that I, I get like I get you're essentially renting it for a season but you renew that rent year on year on folk that rent a house claim it as a rent house at the end of the day it's then I get I think Monty's getting caught up in the, the word in there and just 
taking that wee bit out of context. I don't think anybody thinks that own that seat in Parkinson has got to take it away with them. I just, I do, as I say, I do like the idea about it, but it's, I think if it did go ahead and guys are getting moved, I don't think, I don't really think that's fair that folks should uh, get moved for somewhere they've sat for, could be 20 odd year. And I say made friends out that don't want to go into the whole mental health thing, but guys maybe didn't want to go to football for their mental health. And then if they then get moved, that might put them backwards a wee bit and be like, oh, I, don't know, I don't know who's round about me and stuff like that. So it's, I don't, it's, it has got to be one that's got to split the fan base. But for me, I would love to see it, but I just, I, I didn't ever see it happening. I, I think we're maybe getting a wee bit lost in the whole, the yellow wall at British Dortmund and just hoping that we somehow recreate that. I think even as well, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll kind of tell you, but I think even the cultures are different in, in German football to, to, to Scottish football. I know that they're maybe saying, oh, this is what we're, we're trying to change it so it's more like uh, the German um, model, Ross, but you even think, I, c- I couldn't even imagine a health and safety certificate being given to Celtic to have a standing section, especially in the top tier. I could just imagine... I can just about imagine it happening in the lower tier if you were to, you know, have the full sort of region behind the goal. But I, I can't see a safe standing section being granted for a, an upper tier a stadium in Scotland. I'd be very surprised. Listen, the long and short of it is, again, visually, it would look good, but this is no something that Celtic are proposing. Very true. <laughs> <Aye>. <laughs> this is no something that Celtic are proposing. It's no velvet, this is a... velvet Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a, a, a group of fans who believe that the atmosphere they bring is so good that they deserve to go to wherever they want in the stadium. They've got a section now. It's standing. They're now proposing that Celtic the club pay to rejig the stadium again to accommodate them and at the same time whoever's in the area they want to move into move because we bring the atmosphere we are the best fans it's uh, it's it's fucking absolute bullshit it's it's total arrogance and disregard for any other fan and it's it's pash. It's a pash idea. And it's not, it's not I love how you it's... kind of went to mean it. It'll be visually good to. No, listen. It's so annoying, though. It's it's like I don't know how you can be that up that far up your own arse that you don't actually care about other folk. You just sign this petition so that we can do that because we are brilliant. That's basically what it is. In well, simple terms, that's it. I mean, I, 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 we've, we've survived this long without one, uh, is my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I think the corner, which isn't always full, may I add, um, you know, that the, the people that want to stand and sing have got more than ample space for me uh, to do it. And right. when when the time is needed, or right, the, the support, the rest of the support are more than capable of, of joining in. And uh, I- and by yeah, the way, it's not Anthony, something that would affect sorry. me, but um, you know, I'm I, I, I sit in the I, I'm in the, the main stand, so it's not something that would directly affect me. But I just don't see a place for it at the moment. Sorry, Ross, I'll let you finish before we. No, no, I, I was just going to say, and and by the way, they're going about like this will make the atmosphere. But we've got one of the best atmospheres in Europe, the way the stadium is now. And by the way, they bring a great atmosphere in that corner throughout the match but on a European night when that full stadium's rotten nobody needs that name right behind the goals it works mm-hmm. where they are it's fine they're tucked away in a corner would Ross give them any more standing seats or is it a no goal uh, I don't well I don't know I don't see how you can give them any more standing seats because Who's going to move, or who has to? Does somebody have to give up their seat, their ticket, to give them more standing seats? I, I just don't see how it works. I'm not saying I wouldn't give them it, but I, I don't see how it works in terms of 
sort of fairness for all fans, and because no no fan is better than another, no no fan is better than the other, no fan is more important than the other fan. We're all the same. We pride ourselves on that as a club. Everybody's welcome, and we're all the same. We're all unequal. So it's for me, it won't get off the ground, and it shouldn't get off the ground. Well. The, the, just, just, I'm going to say we're going to round up the last time, but I will get, just give a wee final point on that, Ross, because I can actually talk for the voice experience. Like I say, I used to sit in one 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 before it became the, the real seating. And as I say, I think the big difference back then was in 2016, it was Celtic themselves that proposed it. Um, so what happened was it came in our renewal forum, basically that, and again, we were maybe luck fortunate in the, 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 at that point where, you know, Ronnie was still... Uh, the manager of the waiting list had completely more or less depleted. You know, the top deck of the East Stand um, wasn't really being used for, for many games at that point. So there, there was the space. And um, we it was basically in our renewal forum. Do you want, would you consider a move or do you want to stay and be part of the real seat? And my dad selected, you know, we want to move. And, you know, the, the options of the two seats together in the main stand came up and, and we took them. And because of the fact that, Celtic in their eyes, and it was actually a really good thing that they did. Um, they were seen essentially they were inconveniencing us because they were moving us, albeit to actually better seats. Um, they gave us our seats uh, where we sit now in the main stand at one 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 prices for the first two years, which was really good. So I got to see <coughs> aforementioned Brendan Rogers and Vince Bill side uh, up close and personal, even more than I would have uh, for no penny more. So. That's the difference, I think. The fact that Celtic proposed the initial one, because they've seen that, that, that having some sort of standing section would have been mm-hmm. a, a benefit. But I think I think when supporters groups, splinter groups, start start proposing these ideas, um, I think once you scratch the surface off it, it's not well as put together as they maybe like to think it is. But uh, I'm sure it's something that will uh, continue as the season goes on. But... Uh, as I say, in terms of action on the park, boys, there'll certainly be plenty of folks standing at Hamden on Sunday with the fact that, uh, you know, you can barely see the pitch behind the goals. But um, <laughs> it's uh, obviously the League Cup final, Celtic v Rangers on Sunday. But for the first time in a long time, Franny, in fact, long time I can remember, really, um, the League Cup final um, has been played both in Scotland and in England um, on the same day. And um, it's a tournament. It's, this is, I accept this is more a thing about the, the tournament down south than up here, but you still do hear it, and no, no one's going to argue that it's not the third trophy in terms of you know prestige. Scottish Cup's got all the history and prestige. Your league championships, obviously, your bread and butter. Um, the league cup is essentially just a cup, um, but we have heard it being sort of derogatorily spoke of, like you know the Mickey Mouse Cup or you know the cup no one's interested in that kind of thing from north of the border as well. Obviously, the tournament had a bit of a revamp in Scotland um, a few years ago when BT bought the rights to it, and you know they had the group stages in the early phases and things like that, and um, it moved it back to its more traditional um, setting. Um, before Christmas used to be that has been the final sort of the last few years, back to its um, kind of early springtime uh, season, part time in the season this year because of the World Cup, um, which is why it's fallen in line with the English. Uh, calendar as well but down south as well there's a lot of chat about scrapping it all together and you know you know they're saying that you know there's we're playing far too many fixtures and you know something needs to give I, I don't know but you I like the League Cup I like it in both Scotland and England to, to be fair and as I say provided that you don't give it too much you know elevate it to a status that it's not worthy of I, I fail to see this. Why this clamour happens? Um, to be honest, for to, to scrap tournaments that are big business for the Scottish Football League and the English Football League that run the run the two competitions. Um, just yourself, Franny. What's your your own thoughts on what they're trying to do? And you know, if, do you do you have a, much of a love for the the tournament itself? I think it's before going. Well, it's one of the competitions. If you want it. You you big it up if you didn't if you didn't care about it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of got that we feel about it. I think one of the big things with it is you don't there's no reward after winning it, so to speak. Like you don't go into Europe out it. That maybe kills it a wee bit in the sense that it's 
it's just one of them. It's, it feels maybe it's just a competition just for the sake of just to, to bring maybe more money into the league and stuff. And it's one of the ones. But I think certainly in the UK, anyway, traditionally it has been about for, for many, many years now. I think it was kind of started more for the sort of the lower league teams to give them a chance to get to the national stadium and things like that. And obviously, as time goes on, certainly down in England, I think that's how it first was designed. I don't think the EPL teams could actually compete in it at the time. Then obviously, the more money that gets involved in it and stuff, that obviously brings the bigger the bigger boys to the table. They want a piece of that and and things. So, I, like, we are traditionalists. I, like, I, I wouldn't like to see it go. I think one of the big problems with it is, as it says, there's no there's no car at the end of it, there's no pot to go at the end of it, apart from the trophy, which every professional footballer should be happy with. That's what they should be playing football for, to win trophies. But we know it's a lot of that's changed for that. It's, they're all in it for the money. But I think what doesn't help as well is you get like journalist guys in the media, they'll sit and, they'll sit and criticise saying, oh, the glamour is away for it, this, this and that. But at the same time, they're, they're sitting saying, that's just the League Cup. Teams will only play their... Uh, play the reserves and things like that, managers, like guys like Klopp, Pep, Conte, they'll, they'll play like, they'll play their youth players and stuff and say, oh, I've got too many games in that. But well, you're, at a, you're at a big team. This is what happens when you manage these big teams. You'll play in a lot of games. And it's just what, I just manage a team that's not successful then and you don't need to worry about that. But it's, I think, I think the media and things like that haven't helped throughout the years. They've, the way they've sort of the narrative they've spun is about it's not a big competition. I, w- I would hate to see it go, Anthony, because there's no way it would go and not be replaced with anything. Sutton would get to be some other tournament, whether that be like a cross border league cup, like a between the, the British and English teams. It would Sutton would get harmed because we see it now. It's like with the re, the talk of the Super League coming back up, the Champions League's been. Refurbished even the Club World Cup. I think FIFA are trying to get that to about thirty or forty teams and stuff. It's there's no way they're going to kill off a competition, competition, and then they'll not be playing games for it. There something something will replace it. So I don't see the point in if if it ever came out getting rid of it. If you're just going to play a bit, probably evidently play more games because I think you only play maybe six or seven to get to the fight. Like if you actually had to win it taking out any potential replays and stuff like that. But so I'd, I'd, I think if you did get rid of some other competition would come in and no doubt you'd be playing maybe 12 or 13 games and things like that. So I just keep it as it is, but it is one of the ones, as I said, straight at the start. I'm of, I love it if we win it, but I'm no arsed about it if you didn't win it. You're, by the way, Brian, you're bringing on in terms of the fact that another competition would inevitably arise from it which would no doubt be again skewed in favour of, of the bigger clubs as well, um, and they would inevitably have more chance of, of winning it as well. Um, Ross, one of the, the, the things that I was kind of just thinking of there is, as I say, it's not the most glamorous trophy either side of the border, but the, it's quite strange that on the day where both um, cups are being played for, obviously up here you've got Celtic Rangers, whatever anyone says, it's the biggest show in town. Two teams um, competing for a, a piece of silverware. That's yeah, that's without question going to garner the biggest audience uh, in Scotland. And down south, um, it's going to be contested for by uh, rejuvenated Manchester United. Certainly, that seem to be making the right sort of progress under Ten Hag. And of course, Newcastle, who haven't won anything since the fifties, and you know, try telling the Geordies that this uh, tournament doesn't matter on Sunday, and you know, I think that you would say they've got another thing coming. Um, do you think potentially the four teams that are competing in in, in each game, it could inevitably, and hopefully, give it the shot in the arm um, that it needs to, to, to perhaps you know keep it going rather than it potentially folding, and uh, you know, some other. Super League sort of thing coming in its place? Um, I think the, in terms of the one in Scotland, I think for me, it's the biggest game, like you say, it's the biggest game you could possibly have in the final. It's great for it. The one in England, you know, 
too well that I absolutely despise Manchester United and I despise Newcastle. So I won't be given one hoot about that game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that it wouldn't give it the short in the arm for me personally, but it might in terms of a whole. I don't. I, I, like Franny, I wouldn't get rid of the, the tournament. But for one, well, Franny says there, if you win it, it's great. If you don't win it, you're no arsed, right? But you take that tournament away, you're no one. You're no one in trebles. Like if if you win that as part of a treble, it's outstanding. You've won all three trophies. If we start, it's just going to be a double, and you never win a treble again domestically. That's 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 garbage. In the League Cup, guaranteed. Well, that's what I was going to come on to. You'd said there, there's sort of no prestige in it. You you don't get in and out yet. Well, instead of talking about scratching it, why don't we give it prestige? Give something, give the teams to get something out of it as well as the trophy. So they've brought back brought back the Conference League. So it's essentially the Cup Winners' Cup. So. Aye. If you win the League Cup, your domestic League Cup, you should go into that tournament. And whoever, wherever it is now, whatever position in the league it is, that you qualify for it, just don't give it that. Just just give it to the League Cup. Because, it, I mean, don't be wrong, it's, you're not going to see, can, like years ago, like maybe Falkirk getting to the final. I'd be very surprised. Aye, it's amazing. It's a, it's a showpiece yeah. game. It's a final and they're still the way to end it. It's it's brilliant. If you go out and you don't win the, that that league cup, you're as a Celtic fan, you're disappointed, bitterly disappointed, and even more disappointed if it's Rangers that win it instead of you. If you're going into if that that trophy's there to be won, if you don't win it, you're upset. Mm-hmm. But aye, I, I, why not give it that prestige and allow? As I was saying, you're not going to like you. You would have in the nineties, maybe see a Falkirk or a, a Rafe Rovers. Mind Rafe Rovers beat Celtic in it. Mm-hmm. You maybe not see that, but I mean, you could, and then you could have another fairy tale story like Rafe Rovers going to, to play Bayern Munich. Or maybe no Bayern Munich, they wouldn't be in that. But you get my, you get the sentiments. Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity for a team that wouldn't normally. Even if they were in the Premier League, they probably wouldn't get into that European spot. But if they have five or six, whatever it may be, good games, and they, they end up winning that trophy, then they've got an opportunity European football. It gives them a wee bit more money. I, I think it should go back to that. I'm old school. I like mm-hmm. all this. I, like, I like straight knockouts like the UEFA Cup used to be. I would love to see the Europa League being like that. But it's all money-orientated. And it will never go back to that. But for me, the UEFA Cup was an absolutely... Actually, the Champions League, it was great. And it's still great in its own right. But I really liked the UEFA Cup. Straight knockout, mm-hmm. home and away tie, away goals. It was fantastic. For me, again, the League Cup, I don't, I don't, I don't understand why you would scrap it. Like Franny touching it there, you hear like Jurgen Klopp talking about the amount of games and all that. That well, that's like Franny says that's that comes with the territory. If you're if you're at a big club and you're winning games, you're going to have more games. It's it's just it's just what happens. But I I think it's it's total disrespect to the lesser teams, like saying oh we should get rid of that because we're playing too many games. Well, right, you you're successful. You finish higher up in the league, so you get to play in Europe. And you've got an opportunity, a cup, like a cup run, if you like, but albeit it's Europe. But teams like, I don't know, for talking's sake, a Fulham or something, they're not going to be in Europe. They they what they they don't live for the cups because obviously they want to stay in the Premier League. But if you get some, well, there's Newcastle. They've not won nothing in years. If you take that cup away, and okay, they they might get top four this year, but they they, they might not. But they've got the opportunity to win that cup. And if they win that cup, it'll be party time in Newcastle. Do you know what I mean? It'll be... They, they fans, they're, they'll go off their heads. You take that cup away and you don't... You take away days 
like that, moments like that for football fans, and that's why we all love football, for moments and days like that. So, yeah. for me, it might, it's not got like the, prestige, the prestige of other tournaments, but it's still a, a tournament that's got a lot of history. Certainly in our game, it's, it's steeped in history, it's not as much as the Scottish Cup, but it's a tournament and a cup that's, for as long as I can remember, been played for and it should be played for and long as I'm living and beyond <laughs> as long as you're on your podcast and that's the main thing son. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree boys I think it's a tournament that should be here to stay and uh, hopefully in terms of staying the cup will be staying uh, in paradise come Sunday night but uh, I'll leave all that for you guys to dissect on Friday night um, when you guys are back on uh, at live at 8 o'clock on Friday with the big Friday night uh, cup final preview show um, but in terms of tonight I think that's us pretty much done you uh, enjoyed this one really good mate that's right. good. I must have well, missed the topics list when you said about the, the safe standing but I did you know I didn't see that in the topics list uh, I, got, I, got <laughs> lot, I got a fair bit off my chest with that one just a wee bit Ross. just a wee bit <laughs> You always feel better once you've had an answer. Oh, I'll sleep like a baby tonight, man. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Thanks again, guys. You've been absolutely brilliant as always. Thanks to everybody for joining in and getting involved in the comments. Franny, uh, doing great, keeping on top of them all and bringing them all up on screen. If you like what you've seen or heard, by all means, hit that like and subscribe uh, button. uh, And, you know, that'll hopefully help (laughs) the the channel grow as well. And... uh, I'll, I'll not be on on Friday night. I think it's you guys and Wally on Friday night, isn't Is it? it? Sure. I think so. I think so. But uh, <laughs> I'll be back on next Monday with the cup final review show. Uh, so you're hoping for a good result, boys. And thanks right. again. Stay well and keep safe. Hail, hail. <laughs>